Would you take your Bibles, please? Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. I did not, I was not prepared for this today. And uh, so we're going to just take a little bit of an offshoot from our current series in Joshua. And we're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> All right, let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity that we have to be here. Father, it is our desire to please you and to maintain um, safety and do the right thing. And Father, I pray that you would give us ongoing wisdom, help us to do what it is that you would have us do. Father, we love you so much and we just want to give our lives to you. And I pray that tonight, or excuse me, today would give us uh, insight as to your will and that we would understand what it is that you want us to do in, in this troubling time. And Father, I just pray that you would continue to help us keep our eyes focused on you. Thank you so much for dying on the cross, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Over the past five days, we've seen several cancellations because of the coronavirus. And things have been canceled, different things had gone on uh, Wednesday uh, afternoon, I found out that the NBA had canceled, then after that the NHL, then after that the schools here in Ontario, and then uh, just things began to cancel. And the goal of the cancellations, just so everyone knows and is, is aware, the goal of the cancellation is to curb the spread. If everybody got the coronavirus at one time, our healthcare system would not be able to handle it all. So that is the whole goal of all these cancellations. And so uh, I understand that, and uh, we want to participate in that as much as possible. Hence the reason why we canceled the Man Up conference, and as well as other reasons. But that's one of them. While there are many facts regarding this virus, there are also is a lot of fear being broadcast. And I want you to understand, here are the facts. This is from the World Health Organization as of this morning. There are 176 confirmed cases in Canada. 176 cases in Canada. Now, I've heard a few different numbers as of this morning. However, uh, this is from the World Health Organization. Along with that, there has only been one death in Canada. Those are the facts. Those are things that we need to pay attention to. Those are things that we need to take into account. Now, I understand this is serious. This is definitely something serious. We don't want anyone to die. We don't want anybody to contract an illness. We don't want anybody to get a virus. We don't want any of that. So it's something that should be taken as such. It should be serious. It should be something that we take seriously. Bible Baptist Church will not be dismissive about the coronavirus. We will not throw it under the rug and say it is nothing because it is. It is something. But it is always extremely important to look at the facts. The facts. There's a lot of fear being spread. It is certain that this is a fast-spreading and easily contracted virus. But again, the facts show us at this current time, the world is not coming to an end. That's what the facts say. And now that may change tomorrow. That may change in an hour or two. But as of right now, the world is not going to end in the next 24 hours. Again, from the World Health Organization, there are estimated 143,000 cases that has gone up a little bit now. But it is also estimated this, that 68,000 of those cases are now recovered. 
And so I want you to understand that, yes, you may contract this virus. Yes, you may get it. But the chances of you surviving are very good. The chances of you getting through this, and it's been easily, it's been said that we need to contract it as a herd mentality so that we can build an immunity to it. And I get it. I understand it. They can't stop it, but they can curb it. So that's why we're going to do all we can to help. We're going to use hand sanitizer. We're going to not shake hands in our service. We're not going to pass the plates. We're going to do a lot of things. We're trying to curb that as much as is entirely possible. And let's be honest with each other this morning. It's easy to get caught up in the hysteria. It's easy to. We were in London the other night and we had just kind of really been confronted with this thing and really trying to think about it. And I honestly am thinking, what am I doing in this big city? Surely this is the place that's going to hit first. And it became easy in my mind to become almost hysterical or fearful. Now, I want you to understand this. We cannot say anything definitively today. I wish I could say, don't worry, it's all going to go away. I can't say that. I wish I could say, it's all going to end today and we're all going to go see Jesus. I wish I could say something definitive, but that's the case. We cannot say anything definitive except this. Hear me and hear me well. God is in control. God is in control. He is going to maintain and do what it is is right for him. Listen, if this is the end of the world, then so be it. He's in control. If this is not the end of the world, so be it. God is in control. Understand this. We are watching a world without hope. Cave to the pressure of a life without hope. The vision of Bible Baptist Church, if you remember, is to seek Christ and share hope. That is our vision. That is our mission. And this is part of the reason that we must continue on. When people are running around in hysteria, we need to be consistent in sharing hope. When the world is hiding in fear, we need to be open with our faith. I want you to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look with me in verse 7. This was the verse God gave me, and I could not get away from it. I tried multiple times, but this is what the Lord has given me. The Bible says this, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to preach to you a message that I've entitled this morning, Forward Without Fear. Forward without fear, or despite fear, if you will. We are God's people. We've been taking a ton of time and we've been looking for the last year and three months. We've been taking time looking at God and his people. We've spent a great deal of time understanding that God will take care of his people. God will provide for his people. God will show his people all of these different things. So understand, God's people do not have to run around in mass hysteria. We don't have to do that. We don't have to add to the fear. Listen, this is part of the reason why we have hope, because we get to calm that fear down. We get to show a world that we have hope in Christ. We have not been given the spirit of fear. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. So let me ask you this question. 
if we have the spirit of fear, where does that come from? If we, in mass hysteria, run around having fear, where does that come from? Satan, God, the enemy. It does not come from us. It does not come from Almighty God because nothing is a surprise to God. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. The Bible says this, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Watch this. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Listen, stack up your body weight in sparrows and you are of more value to God than that many sparrows. You you don't have to fear what man can do unto your body and I want you to understand that this is not a man-made virus. We understand that. it's It's not any of those things. But listen, man is passing it to man. Don't fear what man can do unto you but yet fear what God can do unto you. If there's anything to fear, it is Fearing God. It is God who knows. And so we are of more value than many sparrows. Listen, if you can trust God for your salvation, and all of these things are cliche, but this is really where it begins to hit home. If you can trust God for your salvation, can we not trust God for our daily life? Can we not trust God in our sickness and in health? Sounds like a marriage. But that's exactly how God describes it. We are his bride the body of Christ. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 and 6, the Bible says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. Why? For he said, he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, watch, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I will not. You know what that is? That's a decision. That is something you come to yourself. Listen, regardless of the hype, regardless of what's going on, I will make a decision that I will not fear. I will not. We will trust in the Lord. He is my helper. Now it kind of comes down to whether you believe that or not, doesn't it? We talk a good talk, and while everything's going well, and while everything's going normal, we can say those things. But in reality, we don't actually trust. This is what, these type of things separate the men from the boys. These type of things tell us whether or not we are trusting in God. Fear has a tendency to drive people to do things that they would not normally do. Fear keeps us, understand this, from moving forward. Fear keeps us from moving forward. Fear and faith are constantly at battle. Fear and faith are constantly at battle. They're constantly fighting. Understand this. Whatever one you feed the most is the one that's going to win. You, you all are smart people. You all understand there is a lot of fear being, being cast. 
Listen, I can spend all day reading all of the reports and all of the things and all the fear and all the, uh, the worry and all the hysteria. I can, I can spend time reading that or I can spend time building my faith. I can spend time looking at what the Bible has to say about this and understand what God wants me to do through this. And I, again, this fear can do, make us do things that we wouldn't normally do. If you are spending all of your time feeling your fear of, fear, fear of the coronavirus, then you will live in fear. If you spend time in faith trusting God, then you can move forward in faith. Now, I hope some of you haven't turned me off yet and thinking, oh, he's just preaching all of this. It's all wrong. It's all worthless nonsense. No, I didn't say that. I said we shouldn't fear. So does this mean we just throw caution to the wind? Ah, it's a bunch of garbage. I mean, we don't have to take any precautions. No. I hope you understand this. If some people in our church family contracted the coronavirus, it would be devastating to them. Some people have pre-existing health conditions. There are people here today that have said, I just don't think we should come. And I said, please don't. It would be devastating to them. So please understand me, we're not throwing caution to the wind. We are going to take precautions. We are going to use hand sanitizer. I have used more hand sanitizer this morning than I have in my entire life. I, no, I'm not, I, that's not a joke. I'm dead serious. I never use hand sanitizer. So for all of you who are thinking, oh, I shake his hand every week. No, I wash my hands a lot. But I never use hand sanitizer, hardly ever. There's the occasional time. But understand, we're going to take precautions. M Mrs. Kember came over yesterday or the other day and said, listen, I'm bleaching everything. We cleaned our bus. We bleached our bus. We're taking precautions. We don't want to be dismissive about this. We are trying to do what's right and what's good. And listen, the government has placed some precautions. We're listening. We're actively listening. We want you to be smart. We would definitely, listen, we would definitely consider doing these same things if the flu was on outbreak. We understand these things. So please, please, wash your hands regularly. Use hand sanitizer often. Cough or sneeze into your arm. All of the things that, that, that Canada is telling us to do, please do those things. Please, be respectful of other people's space. And if you're feeling sick, please stay home. I had several people text me and say, just because of what's going on, I'm just going to stay home. I have a cold, please. I understand I do not have the coronavirus, but I have a cold. That's fine. Stay home. I promise you, you will not go to hell by missing one week of church. No, I'm not trying to say we need to miss three, four, five, six, seven weeks just because we want to. But understand, we need to be smart. You are all smart people. Every single one of you are smart. Don't take unnecessary risks. Protect yourself and the people around you. This is not a time to keep going like the Energizer Bunny. I know people that often say, I go to work when I'm sick with the flu. Good for you. Now everybody that you work with has the flu. I stay home when I'm sick 
because I don't want anybody else getting sick at the office. And I tell everybody at the office, if you're sick, stay home because I don't want it. And we live in a world today, especially us at the office, we can work from home. So please, don't take any unnecessary risks. I'm trying to get you to understand that, yes, we need to take precautions, and we're not going to throw caution to the wind, but there's a balance here between fear and hysteria. There's a balance between faith and fear. There's a balance between hysteria and hope. Understand that. If you have symptoms, stay home. If you have symptoms, there's a number to call. Don't go to the emergency room. Pay attention to these things. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. We do not want to go to the opposite extreme. We, want to, we don't want to be an extremist church. We are still God's body. We are still God's people. So let's take a look at this verse and see what the Lord has given us. We understand he has not given us the spirit of fear. But what has he given us? He has given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to break these down for you. And in this particular instance, I want, I want to give you some encouragement as to what we as the body of Christ can do. Number one, I want you to see power. We have the power of God on our side. Let me say that again. We have the power of God on our side. When you have power... Do you sit back and do nothing with it? No. When you have power, you do something with it. If I have dynamite, I'm going to go blow something up. That's that word here. It's, it's the same word in which we derive dynamite from. Listen, dynamite is used to progress forward. If you want to blow something up into a mountain and you want to make a road, what do you do? You blow it up and you expand and you keep moving forward and you keep moving forward and you keep moving forward. So instead of sitting back in fear, instead of being scared of what might happen to us, understand we have the power of God and we ought to be moving forward with that power. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Most of you know this verse. But ye shall receive what? Power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Let's stop right there. How many of you have the Holy Ghost in your life? If you're saved here today, you should understand you have the Holy Ghost upon your life. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world. Listen, of the earth, Jesus has given us this command that we have his power. Don't sit back in fear. Be, be cautious. Please understand, be cautious. But do not cower in fear. Do not cower in fear. We are his witnesses. Take your Bibles with me. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse 6 with me. The Bible says this. For God, who commanded... The light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Watch this now. But we have this treasure. What treasure? The glory, the light of God in earthen vessels. 
that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side. Watch this now. Watch, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Listen, you know what this verse means? When the world is going crazy, when everything's seemingly shutting down, when we're being pushed down and pushed aside and all of these things, we have the glory of God in earthen vessels. There is no other place in the world other than the Christian body that has the glory of God in it. No other person. You can go to the mountains and see the glory of God. The heavens declare his handiwork. Understand, but nobody shows the glory of God through Jesus Christ but a Christian body. And if Christians are running around in fear, and if Christians are, are running around in mass hysteria, we are not showing the glory of God. Read those verses again, verse 8. We are troubled on every side. It's all around us. But guess what? Not distressed. Read, it, read, read the rest. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Guys, I've sat oh, hours running my mind, reading articles, trying to figure out what is best to do for our church, what is best to do moving forward. And listen, I don't understand. Everything could change tomorrow. I've been perplexed. Not sure what to do, but I know this. God is still in control. God is still going to do what it is that he wants to do. Listen, we're not necessarily persecuted. We're not forsaken or cast down, but not destroyed. All of these things because we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have the power of God within us. Fear should not hold us back. Faith should propel, propel us forward. Fear should not hold us back. Faith should propel us forward. Faith in the power of God. So God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Which is see number two, and of love. Love. Never in my life, and now I'm not an old man, have I seen the world that does not know where to turn. Like this week. It is in these moments that we ought to be showing the love of Jesus Christ to people in need. I'm going to give you a statement. Love is sacrificial, not selfish. Love is sacrificial, not selfish. What do you mean, Pastor Jones? Listen, you can go out and buy all the toilet paper you can find. You can go out and buy all the hand sanitizer you can Bathe in. You can do all of those things for yourself. But instead of looking at yourself in these times, love is sacrificial, not selfish. Listen, I have no idea if any of you actually went out and bought all of those things and fought people and knocked people down for them. But if you did, that is selfish and not sacrificial. 
We need to look around and find someone else who is need, who is in need. Listen, there are going to be people who have to be quarantined. There are going to be people who will need to make last-minute arrangements. Instead of hiding in our houses, I believe we ought to be out helping people wherever we can. I'm going to say that again. Instead of hiding in our houses, we ought to be out helping people wherever we can. You, you mean, Pastor Yeomans, put myself in harm's way so that I can help and show somebody else the love of Jesus Christ? Yes. You know, Jesus did that. Jesus literally put his life on the line to help you. This is not the time for the church to be cowering in fear. It is the time for the church to be reaching out to help. In a moment of, in a moment of crisis, people should be able to turn to the church. People should be able to turn to their neighbor who they know goes to church and say, hey, I'm struggling, I'm sick, I'm alone, will you help me? Yes. It's in moments like these that every one of us wants to turn inward and look at ourselves and, and self-protect. I, I understand it's important. It's important to maintain your own health. It's important to do right and, and do what's right for your family. But can I challenge you? We need to make sure we are selfless as well. There is a world out there that is hyperventilating. And we, with hope, can just lend a hand. We see it all the time. Foreign countries are going through war. You know what we do? We go help them. Foreign countries are going through a flood. You know what we do? We go down there and we help them. But when it comes home, oh no. We don't want to step outside of our door to help someone. Love is sacrificial, not selfish. Go to Romans chapter 8 with me. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, jump down to verse 35. Just read the first phrase. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? Who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or, or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I hope you believe that. There's not one of us here this morning or one of us watching at home that understands that we will always have the love of God. That's great. That's wonderful news. You know, you can sit at home and in fear with the love of God. doesn't matter. But can I challenge you with something else? We are supposed to be the dispensers of the love of God. 
we are supposed to be the dispensers of the love of God. We are supposed to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. And you know what else we're supposed to do? Love our neighbors as ourselves. And Jesus added to that and he said, love them as I love them. Do you know how Jesus loved them? Gave his life for them sacrificially gave his life. So listen, I understand wanting to be careful. I understand all of these things, but understand this. We must be reaching out. We must be sacrificial. We must love our community. We must love our neighbors and reach out in these times. I don't know if any of you would remember this, but I can't get it out of my head. Our mission speaker last year, Brother Brian Stensis. He told the story of how they dealt with the massacre that was going on in Uganda. He was there in the middle of it. You know what he did the whole time? He faced the danger. He loved people like Christ loved them. And you know what he did? Instead of being selfish with his food reserves, you know what he did? He began feeding people. People began coming out of the mountains and coming to their church building. For three months, if I remember correctly, for three months he sustained the Ugandan people and showed them the love of Christ. You remember the widow during the time of famine And the man of God comes and says, listen, give me something to eat. And she says, I have just a little oil and a little meal and we're going to make our last bread and we're going to die. He says, you give that to me. And you know what? The meal never perished and the cruise of oil never went dry. Guys, what I'm trying to say is do we trust the love of God in our own lives enough to pass it on to someone else? The problem is we don't. When the rubber meets the road, we don't. And now is a time that's going to show us that. I can guarantee you this. As this progresses, Bible Baptist Church, the leadership of Bible Baptist Church is going to be exploring ways how we can reach out. How we can use this building for God's glory. How we can use our ministry for God's glory. And listen, you can get on board or not. But that's what we're going to do. And I challenge you to do the same thing in your personal lives. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Look at verse 17. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17. The Bible says this. Herein is our love made perfect. Watch this now. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So just as Christ was, Christ is, he's selfless, so we need to be bold in the day of judgment. There is no fear in love. None. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. I don't care what the risk is, I'm going to love. Because fear hath torment. Boy, can you see torment. Fear hath torment. 
He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Verse 19, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment hath we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Go back to chapter 3 and verse 16. The Bible says, hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us. Here it is. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You mean sacrifice my Yes. Verse 17. Watch this now. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? You want to say all day long, oh, I love God. I love God. I love God. And it's easy to say. It's easy to say when there's nothing going on. It's easy to say when everything's coming in. But when distress happens, we see people in need. And we, having 144,000 rolls of toilet paper, hoard that and don't give it out. Or we harbor our time or we harbor our abilities. How dwelleth the love of God. And hereby we know, excuse me, verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but indeed, and in truth, put your money where your mouth is. Verse 19, and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. This world is looking for truth. They're reading lies. They're reading all kinds of things. But this world is looking for truth. And if we don't do what 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 19 say, then we will not assure them of truth. Do you get that? Do you understand that when the world's going awry, they will at some point look for the truth? They will look for the foundation. They will look for God, and where are they going to find it? Are they going to find it in us? That's the question. We need to love. We must continue to be selfless. We are going to have greater opportunities to show the love of Christ in the days ahead than we have ever had before. Ever. We are going to be looking for things that we can do in our community in the days ahead. And things will, as things begin to develop, we are going to be striving for that. So God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And thirdly and finally, of a sound mind. A sound mind. This is a balanced Self-controlled discipline. Let me say that again. This is a balanced, self-controlled discipline. There are going to be times when every one of us wants to run and hide. There are going to be times when we want to be overcome with fear. But we must continue to look at facts and make sound, logical decisions. 
People are quite literally losing their minds because they have no hope. We have a knowledge. We have a knowledge of hope. We have a knowledge of a God. We have a knowledge. We have a sound mind. We have a sensible, reasoning mind that knows that God is in control. And that helps us remain calm. That helps us remain stable. God is in control. Again, God has never once been surprised by anything. He has never once looked at Canada and said, oh my goodness, how did this coronavirus get here? I thought I had it stayed over in China. No, he didn't. He knows. And he knows what's going to happen tomorrow, and he knows what's going to happen a week from now, and he knows what's going to happen a year from now. Things are changing so fast. Literally every hour things are changing with this thing. God is not surprised by one bit of it. We have that knowledge. We know that. Do we believe it? Do we continue in it? There are some things out of our control, out of our control. You know that? For instance, the government has canceled all schools. Listen, you are going to have to do something with your kids for three weeks. Good luck. It's like summer vacation starting early. Listen, that also means that the community use events that we have for our church that we have wanted to use, Pastor Levi wanted to use uh, the school uh, for the all-nighter. Listen, we can't. It's canceled. That means our Wednesday night program is canceled. Our kids and children's and teens program canceled because we can't use the facilities. Listen, that's understandable. We're going to have to adapt. We're going to have to change. But understand, we have a sound mind. There are things out of our control. Please realize that we as Bible Baptist Church and me as a leader, I have never been through anything like this before. Not remotely close. I am seeking wisdom. I spent, we, our staff spent more time on the phone than we have in the last three years. Yesterday. Yesterday. That's good. We need to communicate. And listen, we're going to try and communicate as quickly and as effectively and as wisely as we possibly can. So please be patient with us. Please be patient with us. We are trying to make God-honoring decisions. I don't care what the world says. I care what God says. We're going to take precautions. We're going to do what we think is, is honorable to God and to you. We are continuing to monitor good practices. We're continuing to follow professional counsel. We will keep you up to date as soon as we make those decisions and as things unfold. But understand this, we are called to be God's church in good times and in bad. We must move forward. I want you to understand this as well. Things may look differently as we move forward. The government may come and say, all right, the 250, that's, that's gone. We need to move to 100. Looking at the crowd today, that's okay. We can still meet. But listen, it may look different. We may have to go to a live stream. We may have to uh, do things differently. I don't, I don't know what the future holds. I can't say anything definitively. 
But know this, the church, Satan will never prevail against it. So whether it's us meeting here today, or whether it's us meeting in my home next week, or whether it's us meeting on live stream, whatever it is, the church will move forward. We are trusting God. We will continue to trust God. He is in control. We should have an absolute unwavering faith in Almighty God when the world is full of fear. We have one true, the one true, unchanging hope. And they need to know it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love.